Welcome back to the Healthy Essentials Podcast. You're listening to episode number 24, Pursuing Your Passion and Creating Your Dream Life, featuring health coach and Instagram superstar, Sari Diskin. I am beyond excited to be interviewing one of my, now I can call her a friend because I just, I didn't creep her on Instagram, but I just loved on every post that she made. And it was truly because she is such a inspiration and a breath of fresh air and such a positive person and positive light. And she's someone that I love following because she is so brutally honest on Instagram and there's no she's not hiding anything. Um, there's, there's no, this is my perfect life. This is my perfect meal. Everything that I do and eat is holistic and healthy. And no, she is just plain and raw and real. And I love her. And she has the most beautiful skin I've ever seen, like blemish free, shine, glowing, doing. And I'm like, what is your secret? So I tried to interview her and get some, some of her insights and what, um, what her tips are to use. So Without further ado, welcome back to the Healthy Essentials Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mustard, your host, holistic nutritionist, and soon-to-be aromatherapist. We are writing our exam in three short weeks from the date that this is going out for recording. What I want to do before we jump into the podcast is, first off, give you guys a huge shout-out and a thank you. You guys have been incredibly supportive over the last month after the birthday giveaway and the number of comments and ratings and reviews and just love that I've received on the podcast, on Instagram, and just from you guys alone and participating in the essential oil study. I want to say thank you to you. It is from my huge humble heart uh, that I, I wouldn't be able to do any any of this without all of you. And my podcast is my way of giving back to you in terms of information, in terms of insight, in terms of just tips and hacks and ways that you can improve your life to live a happier, healthier, more wholesome and holistic life. And it's just a passion project of mine. I've always wanted to pursue it. And you guys are the reason why I'm able to do that. So thank you. Thank you. I do want to take a moment to read one of the podcast reviews, and I'll be starting each episode with this. So Shell Darwick said, Lindsay's podcasts are full of great and applicable information and energy. After every episode, I am inspired to try her new superfoods and products and recipes and approaches. She has amazing contacts in the health and wellness arena that brings such uh, incredible guest speakers. With her broad wellness background, Lindsay's sorry, Lindsay brings input from many angles and makes such a great interviewer. I have started listening to Lindsay's podcast as I do household chores and I am learning so much. Almost makes me look forward to doing the dishes so I can hear her latest podcast. Oh, my heart. Thank you. Um, so, so kind of you. And the more that you help to leave reviews and ratings, it really does help pull up the show in, in terms of the rankings on Google so that more people can find us. Just to give you an example, three months ago when I first launched a podcast, if you Googled the Healthy Essentials podcast, I think my first episode came up and it was buried at the bottom. And now all of my episodes come up. So thank you again for just being an incredibly supportive crew. I, I couldn't thank you uh, enough and show my appreciation for all that you guys do. So from a small business owner's heart um, and yes, just from my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. So. Without further ado, we'll get tucked into the interview. Before we do that, I do want to personally invite you to join the Healthy Essentials Facebook group. I have created and cultivated this community of only women, and it's for anyone who is looking to learn more about health and wellness and essential oils and fitness and nutrition and just improve their lifestyle. And it's a supportive, closed Facebook group for, like I said, ladies only that you can get additional support from me. We do live streams as well. And I also post new recipes, essential oil blends, and all of that good oily nutrition information 
in that area. So if you want to join, make sure that you click the link in the show notes below. The second thing that I am doing, if you're not already in that Facebook group, you want to join it because I'm posting a lot of the Ottawa and Kitchener classes that I will be hosting personally at my house. So in order to get in, you have to RBSP on the Facebook group, and then you can come and attend. We're teaching classes such as Christmas editions, so essential oils for Christmas, for immunity, essential oils for kids, natural solutions, so how to cook, clean, and diffuse, blend, roll on, how to use essential oils in every which way possible. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this, especially because a lot of the classes that I teach, you do get oil-infused foods. So if you love oils and you need Christmas ideas and you just want to learn about how to live a healthier, toxin-free lifestyle using essential oils and all of the benefits that they have to reap on your health, on your mood, on your digestion, on your energy, this is the class that you want to attend. So if you haven't already, join the Facebook group, get in there, and I will show my love and support and help you in every which way possible. And if you're in the group, you are more likely to get free essential oil samples from me or for me to reach out personally and offer additional support and help as best as I can. So that is my little spiel for you guys. Uh, We do have a bunch of new stuff coming down the pipeline. I will be sharing some essential oil how-to videos as well if you can't make it to a class. So those will be coming out shortly. But on the podcast, please do expect some incredible interviews coming up in the next few months, some of which are featuring my old clients. And I couldn't be more thankful to interview them because I want to shed some light on their lessons and their everything that they've taken away from coaching with me one-on-one. So you'll get to hear essentially the back end of you know how how they put in the work and how how they changed the game and where they are now, where they first started and all of the learnings that they've been able to collect as a result. So that's to come. And then we also have Julie Danilik and some other major, major names in the health and wellness field coming on the show. So you guys, without further ado, I am welcoming you to episode number 24, Pursuing Your Passion and Creating Your Dream Life, featuring health coach Zari, uh, sorry, Sari, and she is going to be an instrumental leader in your life. Um, She is an incredible ray of sunshine and I look up to her so, so much. So without further ado, here she is. A huge shout out to today's sponsor, Love Good Fats, a Toronto-based company that specializes in making rapper-looking-worthy keto bars packed with healthy fats, clean protein, and a whole lot of fiber. If you're addicted to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, their chocolate peanut butter will be your new favorite go-to snack. With flavors ranging from mint chocolate to peanut butter, dark chocolate almond, coconut chocolate chip, peanut butter and jelly, and chocolate chip cookie dough, they have a flavor for everyone. The best part about Love Good Fats? Each bar contains less than two grams of sugar and an average of four to five net carbs. Hello, keto-friendly bars. So yes, you can eat healthy and have your chocolate too. And to sweeten the deal, all bars are free from soy, sugar alcohols, and gluten. Order your bars online today at lovegoodfats.ca and use the discount code Lindsay1234 for 20% off your order. Um, I've always been a super creative person and I spent the first four years of my career working at big ad agencies um, and working on like client services on that end and working with a lot of creative people and I minored in writing in university so and I went to university at Western by the way okay which is it which isn't too far Um, 
so I kind of followed that career. I went to post-grad in Toronto for business advertising, and then I proceeded to work at a big agency for a couple years there. And then I moved to Detroit in 2016 after I got married yes. and had a, had a job there. Thank you. And I had a job there in the same field, and it just it just like wasn't aligning. And I think for the first time I was in a new place where I had to completely figure out who I was because nothing was familiar and nothing was comfortable. So I never really dug deep into what I wanted before, I guess, because it just things were just normal and flowing and comfortable in the way I thought I was. So really like moving to a place where I had nothing besides like obviously some family and my husband was just a huge transition of self-discovery for me mm-hmm. so um, I started to really struggle with anxiety and a tra- and you know being in a role I didn't like at this job and being in a crazy toxic environment that I left and um, I decided when I left to like interview at a million places and nothing was aligning for me and something I've always been really passionate about was health and nutrition and taking care of my body and exercising and just feeling good Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I just loved that stuff. And I got really into it kind of after university. And that's like the only thing that really made me excited. So I would just cook all the time. And then people were like, why don't you start a blog or, you know, sign up for some sort of nutrition program to like feed that curiosity. So that's what I did. And um, at first I started the blog. It was Eat Well Detroit. Um, I really didn't know. I really didn't want to make it about myself because I was really embarrassed. I always thought, oh, I could never be like a blogger who shares their life. Like I looked up to so many other people who did that. Mm -hmm. Like I was such a consumer of bloggers before I became one. And I just never thought I could do it. I never thought I was good enough. And then as I got a little bit more comfortable in that space, I changed my name to Eat Well with Sari and um, kind of changed the course of what I was sharing at that time. But in in among that time <laughs> within all that time I still didn't have a job and I had signed up for IIN and I was just working on the blog and kind of took a couple part-time jobs like I worked retail for a couple months and I just kind of decided as things started to pick up with a little bit in the blog and I started to work with brands a little bit that maybe I could build something so I said to myself like I'll give myself a year and see if I can build a business and I was in the position that I could do that which I'm very grateful for Mm -hmm. and by the time a year came a little bit past a year I felt comfortable with the business I had built the money I was bringing in uh, which was working with clients which I do on a very I do that on a very minimal basis I'm very selective with the type of people I work with but I mostly work with brands on creating recipes and content that I share on my blog, on my website, on my Pinterest, et cetera, and formulating Mm -hmm. long-term partnerships, digital content development partnerships with brands. And that's like the biggest part of my business. And I think like my experience on in the business of advertising for so long really set me up to do that. So it was part of, it was a very important part of my journey, I think. But 
Well, and- it's funny because the number of people that I've interviewed, especially coming from the, the health and, um, well, they're now within the health uh, industry, but their start. So do you, I'm not sure if you know of Joy McCarthy and Megan Telpner and like, Julie Danilek and, and those guys, but yeah, Joy was like literally the first, one of the first bloggers I ever followed. And she, her book was a huge, huge part of like how I learned and discovered clean, cleaner eating yes. and caring about my body. Like she, her and like, the balance bot a couple people yes. like mm-hmm. joy is someone like I know she's from Toronto like I remember reading her book and like the first page was like um I quit my marketing job to pursue like health and wellness or something and at the time I was like oh my god I, if I could only do that mm-hmm. she's always been a huge influence on me so sorry to interrupt but I, oh, I did no. want, <laughs> want to share that I'm uh, I'm talking with her afterwards so I'll mention that I'll mention that to her because that always warms her heart because the number of students especially coming out uh, I went to the Institute of Holistic Nutrition you went to a different school though correct yeah I did an online program I wish that I was still in Toronto when I had mm-hmm. discovered all when I decided that I wanted to do this because I would have gone to that school 100 percent yeah oh it's an amazing school but the number of students that I see um, and they'll, they'll, they'll usually contact graduates as well. And they always bring up joy. They're like, joy is one of the reasons why I went to IHN and like feel like I could pursue a business full time out of this. But um, I was going back to the original point is the number of people that are now within the health and wellness industry that I didn't realize that they had to start in either business or advertising or marketing or something else first. And they either faced health challenges or they, they just weren't happy with what they were doing and then pursued it afterwards. But those are usually the most successful people because they also have another background that they can pull from that only emphasizes their fortes. And especially for you, when it comes to like social media and the recipes that you're sharing and the online business that you built, your advertising uh, skills and just your experience has definitely given you the upper hand. It's incredible. Like you're, thank you're you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, can you go back to, so I know you, you talked a little bit about when you were living in Detroit and this is when, what is your hubby's hub- name, by the way? His name is Jacob. Jacob. Okay, that's what I thought, but I always I always check first. Um, oh, so you, thank you for asking. <laughs> no worries. So you moved to Chicago because of Jacob's residency, correct? Yes. So okay. he just started his residency. Um, it's This is his first year, and this is like a general year of residency. Um, and then it'll be followed by three years of ophthalmology residency, which is eye surgery. Oh, um, so, I mean... Going, being a partner of somebody in medicine is unlike anything ever. Like it's really, I mean, he's a huge inspiration to me and Mm -hmm. we really prioritize each other when we have the time. And we were also long distance for five years. So like that really sets, sets us up for our independence and allows Mm -hmm. it to work. But it is, it is absolutely not easy to be with somebody who, whose number one priority always has to be the hospital. Like, like, it's just, I mean, I know I'm the number one priority, but yes. it's incredible, like what the sacrifice that they give. Well, so I, I mean, it's, it's I, just amazing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can watch Grey's Anatomy and they think it's like that, but it's not by any means. Oh, no, it's not. It's so much more intense, but no, it's, it's, it's incredible when you see doctors and you see nurses who essentially just devote their, their lives to helping others and serving others at all hours of the night. Um, it's it's really heartwarming. Um, but I, I do remember you mentioning something along those lines on social media. And this was, we were talking about how you're long distance, but also um, how it set you up for independence. And that's something that I love watching you in terms of how you manage a business, but also are in fantastic relationships. You make time for friends and travel and you're seeing your nieces as well. But 
one thing I want to go back to is when you were in Detroit and you said that you were, you were working in your job, um, this was in advertising at the time, but it wasn't the best environment for you and you're starting to deal with anxiety. What were some of the first steps that you started to take when you essentially began your health journey and realized that more of what you wanted to be doing was pursuing cooking and blogging and fitness and kind of walk us through, I guess, that year and a half transition from uh, Detroit to Chicago? So I think, well, I kind of touch on it slightly, but I had never, like, I'd always really struggled with anxiety, but it really manifested itself in just me being very on top of things and being insanely productive and being like a rock star at my job in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like, I I knew that I had these feelings, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't very self-aware. I think my self-awareness came a little bit later because, I mean, I was in my early 20s at this time. I'm 29 now. But I think when I moved to Detroit and I had nothing, I had no comfort zone and no, like, there was no, I couldn't, I had to completely look inside and figure out who I was and what I needed. And that just wasn't that job. So it's really started to manifest because I realized I wasn't happy in that job. So at the end of the day, the first thing I did was, talk to a therapist yes and um I had never gone to therapy before I was 26 at this time and um that really helped me kind of work through this transition to moving to a new place and dealing with these feelings and figuring out where I was and um and then it like and then after I started the Instagram actually, this is when I didn't really have another job and I had no intention of this being a business or knew it was going to be a business I started to connect with a lot of other people who were feeling the same way. So then I started to, as I grew and evolved, I started to share a lot more of like the mental health aspect of wellness Mm -hmm. and now it's like something I talk about all the time and I'm very open about it because I think so many people struggle with it. Um, And just like taking care of, you know, my gut health and treating my body well and getting movement in and, and meditation and things that I'm really trying to prioritize now. I mean, every day it's work, it's a journey, but it really, it's really important. Like I think our, the way we take care of our bodies and how we eat and how we relate to others and how much air, nature we get and how we move our bodies and everything is so related to our mental health. And I think now that's very, it's more well known than it used to be. Um, and I think like the culture of taking care of yourself is much more prominent now. I mean, I haven't been in, in a corporate environment in like two years. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine that even now it's more of a priority, even in a corporate environment. Like I know yes. it wasn't that long ago, but when I was in advertising, I had an incredible boss that, you know, was like, take care of yourself and stuff. But the culture was still like, you're here to work to the bone. Like you got to stay long hours and come really early and, and stuff like that. And I know there are businesses that have that culture, but I think it's even in the past couple of years, just with social media and, you know, the, like the openness of mental health that people are starting to realize that that's not okay or not a way for employees to thrive. Yes, absolutely. And I've been seeing a lot of health fairs and health and wellness fairs essentially start to pop up um, in some, some businesses and um, like larger corporations. And I think that's, it's wonderful. And some of them too even have um, like healthy snacks that they're offering at, at kitchens, but I still think that there needs to be some development. We're still moving in the right direction. I think we've come a long way over the last, I'd say five years or so, but yeah, 
now it's more of the conversation needs to be geared around mental health and that stigma of again like anxiety and depression and a lot of people they they're struggling but they don't have an outlet or they don't have someone to talk to or they feel like they don't have the resources and I think it's only now starting to become more more prevalent but also awareness is picking up so yes you mentioned a number of really good points yeah I remember like um I'm I'm sure they still do it now. It's definitely a Canadian thing, but they had like Bell had a campaign for the last few years. Yes. Like Bell Let's Talk yes. campaign. And that just I thought that was amazing. That was the first time I really saw uh like a big company, like a big corporation really touch on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they do it well. Yeah, they do it well. And I think it's and I've even seen like recently like other bloggers who are Canadian talk about it which I think is great like I'm I'm actually working with Headspace this like for the next couple months and Mm -hmm. um, that's been like the most amazing campaign ever because they approached me to you know create some sponsored content with them but the the campaign was around like a challenge to meditate every day and like I was just like wow this is such a good fit and now I'm like right today I got 25 I'm 25 days in a row of meditating and I've never gotten that far before so like and I didn't really know about the app like I knew it a little bit but I hadn't given it a chance so I think um a guide to meditation or finding a tool to really help you connect to your to to mindfulness is so powerful um so like I think that's a, a they're like doing great campaigns right now I just think that it need yeah I I love seeing stuff like that I think it's it's really valuable. Yeah. And I actually, I noted that down too, because I, I saw that on your stories and I was like, oh, Headspace, like I've heard of it. And I recommended it to a couple of clients who were looking for um, online meditation tools, but I hadn't actually tried it myself. And um, I was going to bring up, cause you're, yeah, you're over three weeks into it now. Um, how, so how have you decided, or I guess what's a, what's a good way to phrase this? How have you, uh, I guess, developed or how how can you measure in terms of day one versus day 25 of meditation for you? Have you noticed any, um, any changes in terms of just thoughts and feelings of overwhelmness or stress or anxiety over those three and a bit weeks? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, now I really feel like, and I'm big on morning routines. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the morning is my favorite. And if You're I, transitioning I don't... perfectly because that's the next thing I'm going to ask you about. Oh, okay. <laughs> so first I'll talk. So now, because it's been like a little bit of time, like, it's a mental habit for me. Like I know like before I check my DMs, my email and stuff that I'm going to do a meditation. And mm-hmm. usually it's about 10 minutes guided right now. I'm working through like they have all these courses on there. So right now I'm working through um, like a managing anxiety one. And there's like, it's like 90 days or something like, so the first one's like 10 days and it just, so I'm working through that. Um, so I'm really getting it into my routine and I'm committing to it. And I mean, sharing on my story story daily is absolutely not part of my requirements, yes. but that's just something I'm doing because it keeps me accountable. And what I have noticed is I'm less restless. Like at the beginning, I literally hated sitting there and like, I wanted to like punch a wall. Like I just like, <laughs> I just hated, hated, hated this, 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 the quiet and the silence. And there was like a point where I kind of transitioned to, wow, like stopping and breathing and checking in is actually making me realize that cause I wake up with anxiety a lot. Like today is actually going to be fine. Like I got this. I've yeah. never once dropped the ball. I've always figured it out. There's a lot going on, but I know I can do it. Like just, mm-hmm. it's allowed me to make sure I pep talk myself in the morning, basically. Yep. And then even if I proceed, yeah. 
And then even if I proceed to have like a shitty day or like two days ago, I was really stressed out, not really for any reason. I'm just like, okay, it's okay. Like this happens. Not every day has to be, has to be great. Like, and just being a little bit more forgiving to myself has been like something I've gotten out of it too. Yeah. And I told you this at the beginning of the episode when you, when you came on and we were just, just kind of talking um, before we started recording, I was like, I look up to you so much and I see you as definitely almost like an Instagram celebrity and a role model of mine and someone who like has, has a business that I completely admire. But what I also love is that now I'm seeing, I'm like, oh, she's also human. She also struggles with the same things, um, you know, days of self-doubt and lack of confidence or anxiety and stress. And so I think it's, it's really refreshing to hear that other people also struggle with the same things and that people on Instagram don't, it's not just sunshine and rainbows all the time, even though we're typically comparing ourselves to other people's feeds. So I think it's really refreshing to know too, that other people do struggle with the same thing, stress and anxiety, but these are awesome tools to combat it. For sure. And first of all, thank you so much. Like actually the other day, like that means so much to me and like, and I'm really bad at taking compliments. because I'm like, what, how does she possibly think that? So I'm all, I'm also really trying to like internalize when people say kind things to me. So yeah. thank you for saying that. Um, but it was so, it was so funny. The other day I was at a museum and somebody came up to me and I've never been approached in Chicago yet. And okay. basically said what you said to me. And it really, like, it made my week. Like, it was mm-hmm. so great. And, it, and sometimes it's honestly very hard to, re- like, sometimes I realize I'm sharing my life with, like, thousands of people and I, like, want to vomit. Um, and then sometimes I hear feedback like that. And I'm like, this is why I'm doing it. Because I'm yes. sharing the human yes. side of my life. Yes, I it's curated, of course. But it mm-hmm. it really is me. And that's like why I'm doing this and why I think value and connection on social media is so powerful for people. So I think that Instagram, so if you think about um, how they've, they brought on Instagram stories, this is in the last couple of years, but if you were looking at someone's feed originally, you would just see that everything is completely perfect, whether they have a theme or aesthetic or whether they have these perfect filters and everything's color coordinated, you would look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can never be like that. Or, you know, they must have it all together. But when you see stories, you get to see more of the realness of the person and what their, what their life actually looks like, but you can also hear them. You can more, you can engage with them and develop a relationship. And one of the, my favorite things that you share is your bedhead pictures in the morning. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I think that's, that's something too, that you've done an incredible job at is you can, you can sense when someone is really authentic and genuine and kind hearted, and you can see it in your pictures and your posts, and you've done a wonderful job of, of sharing your life. But those are also the, the posts that usually do really well, because it's the people who, who don't share, who are they more just keep things on a superficial level and they don't actually share what's going on that they are, you know, typically just trying to do it for the likes or the, the comments or the follows, but people who have the, the hearts of gold, they pursue and they, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They pursue and they persist past times of having a bit of doubt or, you know, having some like struggles, but then we remember at the end of the day, why we do it. And that's, you know, for that one person randomly in Chicago to come up to us and be like, I love what you do. Thank you so much. You've helped me lose 20, 30 pounds and regain all of the confidence that I lacked in high school. Right. Like I really, right. I agree. And I, I really appreciate that. And I actually yeah. like had to, I recently unfollowed like a hundred people. Yeah. So it was just like, this is just, I don't want to see that. I don't 
Like, I don't, like, it doesn't inspire me or bring anything of value to me, or I just don't care what you have to say anymore. And, like, at first, and I think it's really important to, like, do an audit every once in a while of the people that you follow on Instagram, because they, if you spend a lot of time on the app, like myself, and I'm sure you do too, like, Mm -hmm. it really affects you. So it's important to make sure that you follow people who who you know either entertain you or bring you joy or that you're, you mm-hmm. become friends with um yeah. that's really like a big big thing you always segue perfectly because I'll go back to morning <laughs> afterwards but you're leading no no you're leading directly into this and because I used to struggle with this for the longest time and my I have a fraction of the following of of you and that I'm not comparing by any means but this is it's, if I struggle with it now, I also know that probably other bloggers do too, because if I'm looking up to you, you're probably looking up to someone else and they're looking up to someone else. So I guess, how do you manage your business is completely online, correct? Yes. I mean, I do like, sometimes I do events and workshops and I meet with some health coaching clients in person, but okay. for the most part, yes, it's digital online. Okay. So how do you manage to keep a really healthy relationship or as healthy as can be with social media, because I know you're on many platforms too. And, and again, you're, you're getting a different type of audience. If you're doing YouTube, it's, I find it's a lot harsher comments than Instagram and Facebook, but um, how do you manage to keep a healthy relationship with social media? And what are some of your, your tools and tips for um, those who might not be building a business, but are just using the app for their personal uh, account? So, I mean, it's definitely something I've struggled with. And as I've evolved, I've gotten a lot better at it, but I really try to, there's like to put up boundaries and be very self-aware when I'm feeling negative towards it. So I really try to like not check Instagram, like at least 30 minutes before bed, because, you know, like I'm the kind of person who responds to DMs pretty quickly. And Mm -hmm. I just feel always accountable or always like in always accessible. So just connect, disconnecting a little bit before bed it just allows me to like kind of breathe. Um, so that's, that's one thing. So boundaries with time. Another thing is to start to realize like, yeah, everyone sits and scrolls a lot, but like the second I start to feel a little bit like that icky feeling from being online too much, or just like out of what's going on in the world. I, if I notice I'm having that feeling, I'll like set a timer on my phone. I'm like, I cannot check like anything for, the next 60 minutes and then I can check and then I either I go about my task or I go about my day or I take a walk about my phone like really try to be aware of it but it's definitely something I've struggled with and I don't have all the answers and I definitely feel very tied to it Um, but just being self-aware of when it starts to get and starts to feel negative and having boundaries is has been two two like very important things for me. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier too about the, the social media um, audit and kind of, I, I call it editing. Um, but there's uh, there's friends of mine that I don't even follow because their, their content that they're posting isn't, isn't relevant. It doesn't inspire. It doesn't, it doesn't teach me or educate me. So if you look at my, um, my feed, it's uh it's usually a combination of there's like a couple of like fitness people, some fashion, but it's, it's everyone has the same mindset and it's growth oriented and it's so positive and happy and inspiring. Um, but they're also creating a, a community and that's what you're looking to be a part of. It's not just following someone who's posting like a random outfit of the day and it's like, use my link. Right. I totally right. hear that. And, and, and that's, 
and sorry, I was going to say, and that's why I follow you, right? Because if you, oh, thank and you. I'll, I'll be posting all of your information in the show notes and I'll be sharing this on, on my Instagram and email newsletter and stuff. Um, and congratulations on the, um, the series scoop, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's very exciting. That's like something uh, I have been putting off for six months because it's just like not the top of my list. And I'm happy I finally designed the template and get it going. So I'm excited. Yes. The email list is, is, is gold. Email list is very important. So congrats. That's awesome. Um, thank you. But that's one of the reasons why I follow you is because your feed is so inspiring, but you also see a snippet of your life. And you also, you talk about anxiety. You talk about transition between moving to cities. You talk about what it's like to be married to Jacob, like a, a, a student of res- in residency at the moment. But um, I also love your recipes and how easy they are. And when you go to your feed, it's just, it's nothing but um, essentially it's, it's what I'm looking for. It's so bright, um, but it's so inspiring. Thank so, you. Yeah, that means done, so much to me. Seriously, yeah, thank you. you. You've done a really good job at creating an, a very authentic account, and you can see it in terms of. I knew before you even talked on the phone because this is uh, for anyone listening to the podcast. This is my first time talking with you, um, but I just knew that you were going to be a great person to interview because your personality. I as soon as I popped you on the phone, I was like, "Yep, completely matches what she uh, what she posts posts uh, on." Oh. So. Yes. Thank you. You are authentic uh, inside and out. <laughs> oh, thank you. I that means a lot to me. You're very welcome. Well, let's uh let's rewind a little bit and okay. you're talking a bit about so things that you start to do before bed is first off is not being um, on Instagram. Can you walk us through what your morning and your evening routines are? So what are some ways that you set yourself up for success, um, both personally and for your business and for just your habits in general um, throughout the day? For sure. So I literally go to bed excited to wake up and have coffee in the morning and just like yeah. sit like yes. I, I it's my favorite thing in the whole world like I'm if I'm you. doing a workout <laughs> if I'm doing a like signing up for a seven fifteen workout I will wake up and this dude, this might be crazy for some people but this is what I need like this is my me time and I know one day when I have a family and everything that might not be able to happen but right now this is what I do so I usually wake up like a, an hour and a half before so like 5.30, 5.45, I, I'll go through my non-negotiables and then I'll go through my nice dads. So yes, I let's do that. drink a very large glass of water before I do anything. Okay. And that like gets my digestion going and, you know, things that are important in the morning. And then <laughs> I make my coffee and I'll sit on my couch with my coffee. And that now newly for the past couple of weeks, that's when I do my meditation. So before... Okay. I check anything. Um, I'll turn on my headspace, pick either do the next day of the course that I'm doing or pick like a different one and do that. And then I'll get online. I'll catch up with my DMs, check some emails. Usually at that time, I will kind of plan what I'm posting that day mm-hmm. and write my caption. Um, sometimes I write my caption in advance um, or have like a few notes or like little things I want to say, depending on what I've planned out. And then I'll kind of set that all up. And then usually I'm chilling for like a good hour, 45 minutes or so. I'm just like drinking my coffee and on my phone planning, just like doing some light emails. Sometimes if I'm lucky, I'll get a FaceTime from my sister or my sister-in-law and see my little nieces and nephews. And then I will head to my workout, which in Chicago has been like, within five minutes, like walking, which is amazing to all the places I've been going. And then when I get back from my workout, I'll like shower, make breakfast, and then like 
either post on Instagram, give myself like 45 minutes to engage and get things going on Instagram. And then I'll start like my work for the day. So like get to my emails and stuff like that. And then things kind of change throughout the day, depending on if I have calls or meetings or what's going on. But I usually try to work from my, from my house um, in the morning. And then maybe I'll go to a coffee shop in the afternoon, or maybe I'll go to a coffee shop in the morning. Or if I'm like shooting recipes that day, cause I know it's going to be cloudy. I try to batch shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll just be in the kitchen all day. So it kind of changes, but for the most part, my morning routine, like when I'm in, when I'm at home is the same. I, uh, it's funny. You can always tell when, uh, when food bloggers and, uh, recipe like, uh, creators think the same. They're like, Oh, it's a cloudy day. Perfect for shooting. No sun. <laughs> I know that's it's, especially cause I have like, I have a lot of natural light in my apartment, but you have it's almost of windows. <laughs> I know. And I'm really high up, which is nice, oh. but there's almost too like when it's sunny, it's almost too blown out. So like I've had a lot of trouble figuring out the lighting in my apartment, but when it's cloudy and there's a certain area near one of the balconies that we have that has like an awning that kind of blocks it a little bit, I found okay. that's like the right spot. So well, that was one I was going to ask you this after the interview, but if so, for those of you who haven't seen um, Sari's uh, feed yet, it is stunning. But how so do you shoot your all of your recipes on your phone or are you using a DSLR? No, I use my my iPhone XS Max. SS, so that's okay, like the so newest, biggest iPhone. Okay. The camera's really good. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because I'm like, my, my pictures never turn out the same way. And I think I have the eights or something along those lines, but okay. So that's the one that you have because your pictures, I was like, the lighting is perfect. So I didn't know if you had like lights or if you're using any artificial or if that's just sun, but I'm assuming it's sun based off. Your no, lighters. it's all, it's all natural light. Um, Which I think my, helps the recipe actually. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my phone takes amazing pictures and like for the type of food photography that I do, which is usually overhead or like a side, sometimes I do like a stack or a side profile for the, for the stuff that I do. Like I had a DSLR camera for a long time and I just, it just didn't take pictures the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. So like for other people who do different types of food photography, definitely a camera is really important. But for me, the iPhone really, really works well. Um, Yeah. And it's more convenient too, right? If you think about when, when I watch your, and if you ever want to see a full day in uh, in series life, you can just follow her on your Instagram stories. But, um, Cause you were at a coffee shop earlier today, which I thought was really cool that they had a ping pong table um, in it. Yes. So that's like my <laughs> favorite spot. And I, okay. it's like down the street from where I live and I've been going there like daily and the coffee's oh. really good. So okay. I just went there for two hours to do some stuff. And now I'm actually back at home. There was, uh, I was listening to a good audio book the other day and I think it was called why it's why motivation won't work or something along those lines. And uh, it, they were talking about how, again, big entrepreneurs and, and people who are um, running their own businesses, what they do is instead of working from the same place every day, they basically block their days. So I guess for, for you, if we're using an example, if you're doing a lot of meetings and calls and emails and uh, in-person stuff, have a setting for that. A second setting would be editing all of your recipes and, you know, doing blog work third day would be shooting and then fourth day could be engagement on Instagram but they had a different uh setting for each of those so coffee shop for one desk for another um a co-working space for another and so getting out and doing different tasks at different locations actually makes you more efficient but also helps you focus on the task oh yeah I think that's a great idea and I've actually toyed with the idea of doing a co-working space um so I might do that in September for like a little maybe try like a month or so and see 
because I like yeah. change of scenery I find like I'm the kind of girl who when I grew growing up I would like rearrange my bedroom all the time and it just like inspired me and made me feel like new and motivated and yeah I'm a huge I, setting person like I love my setup at my home like for my desk and my big screen but I love to change it up well I just I just changed my apartment and felt the same way as soon as you start to move some furniture I move my desk under my window and studying has never been so positive and uplifting I guess yes totally and like even just like a, ma- a freshly made bed or like wiping down a table or something just like I like yeah my environment has a big impact on me so yeah and so now that you've shared your morning routine your non-negotiables what is your evening routine because I know you talked a little bit about making sure that you're not online about 30 minutes before you go to bed but what are some of the routines um, that you've in place that put in place for a good night's sleep and any any tips for people who are maybe struggling to fall asleep or stay asleep anything that you use Um, so I'm not as rigid with my night routine as I am with my morning routine, or I wouldn't say rigid, I would just say particular. Um, most of the time, like just depending on if Jacob's home or he's not, or what's going on, like I like to cook dinner or go out for dinner. And Mm -hmm. then after that, I like clean the kitchen. I prepare my coffee for the morning and then I'll like, (laughs) I'll, I always like do my wash all my, like do all my face stuff, like washa and jade roller and yeah um I think that's like why you skincare. have skin as the jade roller <laughs> oh, thank you I'm like I need to start thinking about anti-aging no um, it's when you said you were 29 I was like in my head I'm like you are going to age beautifully <laughs> oh thank you I know people are shocked when they hear I'm 29 but like oh thank you thank you oh, I God. think it's a I mean I do take care of it and I put use good products and stuff but I definitely have good genes. Like my mom is like, I'm, I grew up Jewish, but my mom's Italian mm-hmm. and she converted to Judaism. So, but her like Italian skin and like all of her sisters and everyone just have amazing skin. So like, I'm convinced that's where I got my skin. Hey, take it, take it. And roll <laughs> awesome. Okay. So any other evening routine stuff that you have in place? Do you do any, um, like doing journaling or like five minute journal or Anything like I kind of went through a few phases with journaling. I'm considering maybe adding a short journal to my morning. Like my friend Scott recommended to me to do some journaling in the morning and write down like a few notes about my mood, um, a few notes about my mind, and a few notes about my body. I haven't implemented yeah. that yet, but I've been considering that. Um, but nighttime, I just try to go to bed like before 1030. And I usually actually take a sleep gummy, like an Ollie Nutrition sleep gummy. Okay. And um, I haven't heard so, of that before. I don't know if they have it in Canada. That's what I'm like. It's oh, that's thing. Like, so much things. Are... I'm so jealous. Oh my God. That's the best part about living. Do you know how much stuff I bring home? Like for my mom, like every time I come home, So like 20 I... chili lime seasonings. Oh, <laughs> so that's exactly, that's actually where my mind jumped to is the everything seasoning spice bagel mix. Like, that's what I want. But when we were in um, we were in Albany, New York, for the games, uh, we were supposed to be able to go to Trader Joe's. My friends were like, no problem. Like, we have a truck. We'll take you there. Didn't get to it. And it crushed my heart. Half the reason I went oh, for that trip was to no. go to Trader Joe's. But I'll, uh, I'm in Utah at the beginning of uh, in two weeks. So I'll, I'll probably go then and stop. Oh, you, you must. You must. It's the okay. best. I shop so, there every week. <laughs> so what are the gummies then? So they're... Um... I would actually go into my room and get it and read it to you. Don't but know, Jacob's okay. sl- Jacob's sleeping because he's on night, so I don't want to wake him okay. up. Okay, no worries. Um, but it's melatonin, L-theanine, I think, 
Um, and then one other thing. Some people say they get weird dreams from the Oh, family. Valerian? Maybe. I have to double check, but I... Or is Kitty's skullcap? Or I don't think... I don't think it's that, but I'll, I'll check in and follow up with you. But yeah, um, I don't get weird dreams and I find it helps me fall asleep. But CBD really helps me. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's like psychological or whatever, but it just, I find it very much calms me down Yes, and helps oh, me sleep. The number of studies that have been done for CBD and anxiety, um, it's incredible. Yeah. So, and, and inflammation too. Oh, for sure. Like I have a cream too. Actually, my mother-in-law gives the dog, her dog, like dog CBD because he's an anxious <laughs> yep. dog. Yeah. It's funny. I, 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 now that you, you mentioned that CBD for dogs, I had a friend who I saw him a couple days ago and I was like, oh, you're, I was like, are you tired? Did you get a good night's sleep? And he just looked exhausted. He was like, the dog three nights in a row won't sleep and just, it's bad because it has separation anxiety. And so I was like, oh, you could put magnesium maybe in his water. Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, actually CBD oil for, for dogs would probably help as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will make that recommendation. So now I want to jump into, again, if people haven't seen your feed, they will definitely be going there afterwards because all of your photos are drool worthy. Can you Thank walk you. us through um, like what a day worth of eating looks like for you? And I know it varies because you, you go out and uh, sometimes you'll go to like raw uh, superfood cafes and stuff, but walk us through some of your favorite things to eat and maybe some easy dishes that someone is who's new to healthy eating could uh, try that it doesn't either like break the bank or it doesn't take, you know, half an hour to make. Sure. So I just want to start out by saying that like how someone else could eat my diet and not feel good. So like everyone's mm-hmm. so incredibly different. Um, I think so that's what I, we get to preface with. I Thank don't you. eat, you're welcome. I don't eat meat, but I do eat fish and eggs and uh, cheese. Okay. Awesome. So that's like by a big source of my protein. So I usually in the morning, I usually don't eat until after my workout around like nine. Um, I don't get hungry until then. And so I'll usually have in the summer, I'll, I've been making smoothies like every day. So yes. I have like a berry lemon smoothie and a berry chocolate smoothie that I love. And I use the health warrior protein because it has a lot of fiber in it too. Mm-hmm. And is made with like real food and doesn't bother my stomach. A lot of the whey proteins do. Um, yeah. So I love that in the morning and then in the winter I'll have like oatmeal and I'll add some protein in there with fruit. Um, and make sure I have like chia or flax or hemp seeds in there too. Um, I love like Greek, big Greek yogurt bowls with also chia, hemp, flax, some granola, drizzled peanut butter and berries. And I love like on the weekends, like a big avocado toast, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I have that for lunch. That's what I'm Um, making today. (laughs) I know I'm going to make it after this, like a piece of sourdough or sprouted grain dough, or even like a cracker with avocado eggs maybe some smoked salmon like chili lime seasoning mm-hmm. microgreens stuff like that um, okay your sounds better than mine <laughs> <laughs> and then or I'll make like a big salad with just a bunch of veggies either I have prepared or cut up I love like greek style salads with feta and salmon and, or like poached eggs or pickled onions I kind of just switch it up and I love I love eating like dark leafy greens um, mm-hmm. that are I love kale, I love arugula and uh, spring mix, but sometimes I also really love butter lettuce. It's really, yes. really delicious. And then for dinner, I usually like a hot dinner. So I always make like some sort of stir fry or pasta, just like loaded with vegetables and a really good sauce. Um, or I'll make like burgers with sweet potato fries and a salad, like veggie burgers. Or I'll mm-hmm. make like salmon with roasted cauliflower and greens. 
um, or I'll make like a big soup or a big curry. Like in the winter, I love, love, love making curries. And okay. then when I, when I go out to dinner and I have a bunch of those recipes too on my blog, when I go out to dinner, I just kind of eat whatever. Like I I try to make sure that I get vegetables and that I'm not going to eat anything that's really going to upset my stomach, but I just eat whatever, like let's say I order like the salmon or something and my husband orders like something with fries. I'll have a bunch of fries. Like I just like really, really love just enjoying different types of food. And like, I don't hold back when I'm at restaurants because it brings me so much joy. And as long as I don't overdo it and hurt my stomach, then I feel totally fine. Like it's a big part of how I find balance is really enjoying like amazing food at restaurants. And that's also where I spend a lot of my money because I really enjoy it. (laughs) Um, but it's, it shows too, in terms of, you know, I think some people can spend more money on fashion or makeup or hair products or whatnot, but if you love food, great, spend your money there. Cause it's also, it's going to make you the happiest at the end of the day. So it's, it's more of just where you, where you want to prioritize and where you want to like spend more of your time. Right. For sure. It's, and it's I not a bad thing. <laughs> and like going out and enjoying, I mean, the food in Chicago is really good. Mm-hmm. So like we have this list we're working through and that's I'm really, it's like, it's awesome. So in Michigan, it was a little different. I mean, there's amazing restaurants in Detroit, but like we go out like maybe once a week. Now it's like two or three times a week. We're like exploring. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You're also, you're again, discovering the city and you're finding the gems like your coffee shop, which if I'm ever in Chicago, I will definitely go to. Yes. You have to let me know. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you, you've touched on this briefly and uh, you said the word balance. And I, I love that, especially when a nutritionist or someone who's a health coach or just interested in, in health in general, they use that word. So it's not a end all be all. And I think that I see this time and time again with um, other influencers who are more in the, the health and fitness field is all they talk about is macronutrients and no one talks about micronutrients. And it's this whole, if it fits your macros theme and there for them, there is, there is balance in the sense that they can incorporate fruit loops, but I want to kind of delve into what balance means to you and, and what your approach is when you work with clients and when it comes to food. So what's, what's your food philosophy? So I, and it's taken me a very long time to get here. Uh, I don't like to put labels on things, but I think I love just that. for the sake of connecting on, with others, I think I would identify most with like the intuitive eating mm-hmm. style of eating um, just because I, but I think in order to, eat intuitively you have to also know how to eat healthy and understand what your body needs so I don't think intuitive eating means like eating like ice cream every day for a week maybe it does I, I don't know but I think it's really more about finding what's going to work for you and what your boundaries are so I personally do not look at calories I do not look at like I mean I like to know am I getting enough healthy fat am I getting enough protein do I have enough complex carbs for what I'm doing today like I think of it in what my body needs for fuel, but in no way do I measure anything or look at numbers for anything. Um, mainly because I don't think I have to, to be healthy. And that like in the past tracking and stuff has made, made me really crazy. So mm-hmm. I, and I, I actually honestly cannot find a balance with it. So I just completely ignore it. I do not look at calories or macros or any of that stuff. Um, I care about the nutrition value of what I'm eating and I know, mm-hmm what I need to, if I post-workout, if I'm, I'm hungry, I'll have more carbs if I did a cardio workout and stuff. But I, I truly do not think that counting or tracking anything is useful for me. So when I do work with clients, I 
try to help them understand like what their body needs, like what they look, what do they need when they look at their plate, what will make them feel satisfied and feel good. And that could look very different for me than it does for them. But I, I'm not like a, I don't have people like track calories or log food uh, unless they're having like a sensitivity of some sort, but that's just something that's just like my philosophy. I know a lot of people, like I have good friends that like counting calories and tracking that stuff is how they keep themselves accountable because if they don't, Mm -hmm. then they have no control. So I understand that like the type of of philosophy that I have isn't for everybody, but that's what really works for me. Um, Like I can have two lights of, of Jacob's fries and just decide that's it. Or I can have a whole plate of fries to myself and decide that's what I'm in the mood for and that's it and like I I used to be very I used to have a very intense guilt when it came to eating anything quote-unquote bad and it gave me a mm-hmm. lot of anxiety but I've really moved past that and I feel good with what I eat like 90% of the time I'm eating things that are really good I'm prioritizing vegetables and healthy proteins and healthy fats and making sure I'm feeling my body right and sometimes I don't and I just kind of let loose and enjoy whatever it is that I'm eating. And I think that makes me healthier in my own way. So that's kind of my approach. And I don't like, I don't appreciate the, if it fits your macros yeah. uh, way. Like I personally don't like to follow those people. No offense to anybody mm-hmm. because I don't think that's the way you should live your life. Um, like 10, 10 grams of fat, in an Oreo is very different than 10 grams of fat in an avocado just is not the same and it doesn't go through your body the same it doesn't trigger the same biological reactions the same gut reactions the same even brain reactions so I just don't think that that's the way to decide what's going to be good for you maybe if you're in, in a pure weight loss mode that that type of stuff is may help you but I just don't think it's sustainable so it's not how I choose to move through eating that makes sense no it does and you're talking my language now because I I tried it out for the longest time of fit your macros but doing it very very cleanly and I would diligently track and now I found that like I've loosened up a bit because I don't want to just live my my day by my meals and be like oh well I can only have I can only have shrimp for dinner instead of actually having the salmon because there's too much fat in it because I didn't save enough for the day and it becomes very becomes very rigid and very strict. And I, I love that when you were talking about some of the foods that you ate, um, or that you eat on a daily basis at the beginning, uh, you mentioned that, you know, the foods that make you thrive might not make someone else feel the exact same way. And you said the same thing when it comes to your approach with food. And I, I find for me that loosely tracking and having, again, some, some wiggle rooms and freedom just to ensure, okay, I'm, I'm getting enough protein, I'm getting enough fats, carbs are easy for me to get in, but for me, it just gives me, again, that reassurance of, okay, I'm eating enough throughout the day um, because that's an, sure. another reason, too, like why people can have such low energy, especially females, because I'm like, you're, babe, you're under eating <laughs> by a lot. Yes, yes, so totally. I, and I love that. And I, I think intuitive eating, there's a really good book. It's called Intuitive Eating. And I it was Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great book. It. Oh, yeah. But I think that you, you mentioned, again, you have to know what healthy eating is before you start to eat intuitively, because otherwise you can fall into that trap of, well, cookies every day is intuitive. I feel like it um, kind of thing. So I do, I love the way that you approach it and the label less way of living. Um, I completely agree with, and I love that. Thank you. And I, I do think that because I have put so many years 
and education into understanding what's going to work for my body. I don't think a random person who's like, Hey, I want to start eating healthy tomorrow can approach intuitive eating. It really is a practice that takes a long time. And for me, it was going through really an unhealthy relationship with food for a very long time to really get there. And that's why like, I cannot track or look at numbers. And I, this just works for me because it just takes me back to a time where I was only as good as my last meal. And I would be guilty and guilty, so guilty that I would overeat like crazy, almost to self-sabotage. And that just is not something that I want to go back to ever. So I don't approach it that way anymore because that's how I have found peace with it and really loved and appreciated food in a very joyful, nourishing way, whether that's a kale salad or French fries. So that's like, that's where I'm at now. And I'm very grateful for this place. It took me a very long time to get here. And that's, as, that's how it should be too, you know, being able to get to the point when you can go out for gelato with your friends, but in, in the past you might've gotten a large because you're like, oh, I'm never going to have this again, or I'm not going to have this for a while. I better kind of gorge now versus you can get a small and be super satisfied and enjoy every bite of it. And then continue eating your healthy diet without having a pinch of guilt because you it's balanced at the end of the day. Right. And like, this is a little bit cliche, but like living and eating healthy, it's never a destination. Like it's always going to be something you have to be mindful of. You're like, even if you're on people who are on strict diet or strict wedding diets, they meet their goal weight. Okay. And then what? Like you need to still live and maintain and like be a human. So like just being a little bit more in flow with that and learning your body and what it needs and what, what your boundaries are is it's like life work. Like it's not easy. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's time. Right. I think that I, I, it took me a while to come to peace with food. My, my background is I got into health after having a, an awful eating disorder. And back then it was, I was only as good as my weight. So yours was, right. I was only as good as my last meal. And mine was the number on my scale defines me. And, right. uh, and it's, it's, it's easy to look back now and say, Oh my gosh, like I, there's so many things wrong with what I was doing, but in order to get to where you are now, you kind of, you have to go through the process, but you also have to look at okay, if, you're, if your goal is to lose X amount of weight, what type of person do you want to be? What type of habits do you want to instill? What are some of the things that you're doing on a daily basis in terms of self-care that are incorporated into your schedule that are just for you? So that when you get to that end goal, yes, you're 20 pounds lighter, but you also have all the tools um, in place to keep it off, but you feel fantastic when you get there. It's not, oh, now that I've lost 20 pounds, I feel incredible and I have this raging sense of self-confidence because I'm 20 pounds lighter. It's right. You have to make sure that that's in place before the weight loss begins. A hundred percent. And honestly, and I don't, I appreciate you sharing that, but, and I, and my experience actually is that the less I cared and the less pressure I put on myself and the less I tracked and quote unquote was in a calorie deficit or whatever. Yeah. I, I am thinner now and not that thin is good, but I feel yeah. better in my body now because I'm not as stressed about it than I was two years ago you know? So it's like the mental stress you put on food has so much to do with it. And letting go, the more I let go, the better I feel. And that just could be me, but that's how that's my experience. No, it is. It's, um, it's food freedom for sure. And yeah, I, I I used to work at a big box gym and, and it still blows my mind how some people will not that again, if, if people want to do a bikini body fitness competition, fantastic. I really hope that they do it in a healthy manner, but right. the, the chicken and the, the chicken, the broccoli and the mustard, um, meals oh. are just not what, what does it for me. And I remember being in that setting and, and everyone was diligently tracking their macros, but no one really looked healthy. 
Um, right. You know, people's skin were dry. They looked dull. They looked tired. And then you flip over to your page and I'm like, holy crap, like what green juice is she drinking? Um, no, so, I mean, I have yeah. green juice once in a while. Yeah. But like, that's the point that you want to get to is when you can, you can travel without stress. You can go to any coffee shop or cafe or go, go on a date or go with your girlfriend and not have to plan your day so meticulously because you're nervous about overeating when you're there because it's a treat quote unquote so right I I just love every I love how you approach food and life and mindset and you're just a flood of pot like a of positivity so oh, you're amazing oh, thank you <laughs> well, I couple, thank you I have a couple last questions for you so sure. I always wrap this up with two questions and the first is what does healthy mean to you and uh take it on your own spin and the second one is do you have a saying a mantra or quote that you like to live by um and so a couple people have said you know ready ready fire aim um and mine is if not now when so what does healthy mean to you and then what is your quote saying or mantra so what healthy means to me is exactly that me and what works for me and not what works for anybody else so finding that individual joy in the food I'm eating and the movement I'm doing and the life I'm choosing to live every day is what health is. It is, is not measured by anybody else's standards or um, anyone else's guidance. Only I can find that. So that's what it means to me. And then my favorite quote is um, this too shall pass because it's like, it just, it encourages you to really be present in, the best moments of your life, but also know that in the low moments, which happen all the time, that it will pass. So it's kind of like an all-encompassing reminder to be kind and present and just just take, just take go through the motions. Um, so that's my favorite. I actually have a ring with it. I love that. Engraved on it. Oh, and, and that's so true because if I, if I think back to any struggle that I had or just like a, a challenging period and you always think that it's the end of the world and that you're, you know, you're never going to get over, um, you know, you're never going to feel a different way. You're never going to get over that, that person or whatever it be. I have lots of friends going through breakups at the moment and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. This too shall pass kind of thing. But right. that, that is, and when you look back at it, you're like, oh my gosh, that was, it's so minor compared to where I am now. But that's, again, it's part of the growth stage too. And so, you know, if someone is struggling with eating disorder or a lack of confidence or self-doubt, like this too shall pass. But sometimes it's just those growing pains that you have to go through to, you know, really get to the other side and become a stronger person as a result. For sure. And on the flip side, like the best moment of your life, like hold on to it because yeah. it will pass. Yeah. No, it's so. a good, good spin to put on it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have loved every second of this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Me too. Thank you for, for coming on. You have to tell everyone where they can find you. Um, what's the best place to reach you at? Um, again, website, blog, Instagram, everything. For sure. So um, I'm definitely on Instagram the most. So at Eat Well with Sari. And then my website is eatwellwithsari.com. So those are the two best best places to find me and I'm pretty good at my DMs yes you are I've messaged a couple people and uh like haven't heard back but you are very quick (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) yes Thank 
Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I loved my episode with Sari Diskin. She is an incredible ray of sunshine and such a positive role model. And I'm so thankful to have her in my life and have her on my feed. So if you want to follow her on Instagram, you can find her at eat well with Sari, and you can also find her website as well. Um, and she posts a ton of incredible recipes. She hosts regular giveaways, but she's also just someone who shows you the behind the scenes and some health hacks. And I love sharing other influencers and people who are in the health and wellness space because it just shows that it's a community. It's not competition. It's a community. And I am so privileged and thankful to be able to learn from her and from you guys and to be able to record this record this podcast. See, nothing goes unedited. Um, Actually, I won't edit that. I'll keep it out. I'll keep it in. Ugh, I can't even speak today. So if you guys want some additional support, you can find a ton of additional recipes, resources, essential oils, um, all on my Instagram page at Lindsay Mustard. In the show notes below, please don't skip these. The Healthy Essentials Facebook group is linked in there. You can also book a free essential oil discovery call with me where you can learn about the best oils for you and your health concerns, your needs, and your family. Plus, you also get some freebies sent your way. You can also essentially click and join the five-day free real food reset, which includes daily recipes, videos, and coaching from me. All of my discount codes are listed in the show notes below, so you can get your hands on some goodies at a discounted price, specifically Love Good Fat Bars, Kaizen Naturals, any of their protein powders, any of their supplement, um, any pre-workout, BCAAs, any sports supplementation that you need, and then Genuine Health, where I get all of my greens powder from. I thank you guys once again for listening to the podcast. If you want, again, to change your life, it just starts one day at a time. And it starts with every action and every decision because you are in total control of your life. Everything that's happening is happening for you, not to you. It took me so long to learn that lesson. But really, every day is such a gift. And I thank you guys for spending a little bit of yours with me to learn to embrace all of what health and wellness has to offer. And I couldn't be more humble to be your coach and to be someone who is allowed to make a difference in your life by inspiring you and motivating you and giving you the tools and the resources and the assets that you need to make some major changes. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you for the next episode.